0: And welcome back to Mindset Monday. I'm Gene Zanetti, your coast-to-coast mindset coach from Winning Mindset, bringing you the best sports-specific mindset systematic program anywhere in the world. Winning Mindset. Today we're going to talk about how to have a consistent performance. Okay, a consistent performance, being confident, and being relaxed under pressure. What exactly we want to focus on? Okay, so we know from working with tens and thousands of athletes, most athletes get the most nervous the 15 minutes right before they step out there to compete. So it's those 15 minutes right before we step out there to compete. So we need to be consistent with what we're doing and what we're thinking and what we're feeling in those 15 minutes every single time before we compete. Okay, so it's a big answer. So we'll go through a few things over here. So we want to have a consistent performance. Okay, you cannot even talk about having a consistent performance if you don't first talk about consistent thoughts, consistent words, and consistent behaviors. Or consistent thoughts, consistent emotions, and consistent behaviors will lead to a consistent performance. Okay, so the performance is a product or it's a result of the consistent thoughts, words, uh, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. Okay, so the first thing you need to do is you need to recognize what are you telling yourself when you're competing at your best? And what are you telling yourself when you're competing at your worst? That's you're going to figure out what thoughts you need to be telling yourself. Okay, so one of the things we have in our Predator Mindset book One of the exercises, we have 10 different lessons here uh, for you. One of the first things we have, lesson one, is understanding yourself. We have you make a chart on two separate papers, and if you notice, they're side by side. It's very easy for you to do. We have you write down your three best performances, and what exactly were you thinking? What were you feeling? What were you doing right before those performances? And then we do the same thing on the other side of the paper, so they're side by side. Think of your three worst performances. What exactly were you telling yourself? what were you feeling? What was what behaviors did you take before your worst performances? And then what you want to do is you want to find the common themes and the common patterns for each of those res- respective sides of the paper. So in other words, your three best performances, what are the commonalities in thoughts, emotions, and behaviors? What are the commonalities now on the other side, your three worst performances, um, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors? You want to find the theme underlying patterns, any common threads between those performances, and that's going to give you an idea, this is what you need to tell yourself, this is what you need to do, and this is what you need to, how you need to feel before competing, so one of the things we have the athletes do is write down on those three best performances, what was your energy level like on a scale of one to ten, so one being very low, ten being very high, and doing the same thing with your worst performances, and then what happens is you start to get an idea, you start to see the themes, you start to see the consistent patterns, And you say, okay, when I'm competing at my best, and I'm just making things up here, when I'm competing at my best, my energy level is like an 8. Okay, when I'm competing my worst, it's at a 10, or maybe it's at a 3, or it could be anything in between. Maybe you're a sport where you need to calm down a lot more, so you're competing at your best when you're at an energy level of maybe 3, but when you're at your worst, you're competing at an ever energy level 9. Okay, so in other words, you want to find the commonalities between best and worst performances. That'll give you an idea of what you need to tell yourself and what your emotional energy level should be like. Okay, so you want to write those down. Now that you have that, you want to build that in. You want to take that information. You want to build that into a pre-competition routine. Now, that's a separate worksheet that we have here. Okay, Um, I'm not sure if that one's actually in here. I don't, know, I don't know if that worksheet's in here, but it is in our mindset program. So if we're working with your team, we're working with you as an individual, you better believe we're going through that. Putting together a solid pre-competition routine. Now, obviously, if you're a wrestler, it's a pre-match routine. If it's a baseball player, it might be a pre-at-bat routine. Or a pre-pitch routine if you were a pitcher. Or whatever. Pre-foul shot routine as a basketball player. Pre-shot routine as a, as a golfer whatever it is. Okay, it's the, it's the same exact concept. Okay, different different terminology, slightly different conditions, but it is the same mental situation. Okay, so uh, first things first, I want to make a distinction between your warm-up and your pre-competition routine. Your warm-up is generally what you do with your team about an hour before you compete. I'm referring to the 15 minutes right before you step out there to compete. Now for a tennis player, this would be even even sooner. It could be right before, so it could be obviously there's before the match routine, but there's also a pre-serve routine or a pre-return routine. So there could be smaller routines built into the in into there could be sep- uh, several times where you have a routine. Okay? So big thing also here, this is not to be superstitious. I don't want anyone developing these superstitions because I don't, want, I don't want you to do this in a superstitious way because then what happens is, what if, what if it's not there? First of all, it's not, it's not real. Okay? Superstitions, they do exist. And, yet, and like, the reason why sometimes they're effective is because they put people's mind at ease. Okay? But there's nothing powerful about a rabbit's foot or a horseshoe or anything like that. It's attributing to power outside of God. It's idolatry. You don't need it. Okay? So I want you to look. And, and also, you get into a big competition and all of a sudden you don't have your lucky shorts. Or you forgot to do this one part of your routine. And you think to yourself, I'm done now. Okay, so you don't want to, we we have another worksheet that we actually actively destroy any superstitions that we might be holding. Okay, so we're having a pre-competition routine, the 15 minutes right before we go out there to compete. Okay, so there's four key ingredients to a great pre-competition routine. Number one, dynamic stretching. So first we have to distinguish here the difference between static and dynamic stretching. Static stretching is you're staying still. You're staying in place. Dynamic stretching, dynamic means change or movement. So if I wanted to stretch my neck, a static stretch would be hold, okay? A dynamic stretch would be roll, slowly rolling it, and then to the other side. What you do on one side, you've got to do to the other. Same thing with our arms, okay? A static stretch would be I hold my arm here, or I hold my arm behind. That's a static stretch, staying still. A dynamic stretch would be rolling my arms, right, rolling them bring them forward and slowly not like a spastic way. Okay, so you want to do that and you want to do the same order of stretches and I recommend be sequential about it. Work from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. Go top down. So neck, shoulders, arms, put together about 10 different stretches that you could do as part of your pre as part of your pre-competition routine. Now, why is this important? Multiple reasons. Okay? So st- dynamic stretching, you want to do dynamic stretching before you compete. Before practice, before you lift weights, static stretching is after matches, after, competi- after, after you know, competition, after practice, after lifting weights. Static stretching makes you stronger, so it's not bad, but just do it at the right time, after you compete. If you static stretch before you compete, you're actually putting your neuromuscular system to sleep. Okay? And also studies show that you're 15% weaker after static stretching. So that that gives the information right there. When you go out there and compete, you want to be maximally strong. And when you static stretch, you're going to lose 15% of your max effort strength. And also, you're going to put your neuromuscular system to sleep. So no static stretches. You do that after. Okay, but before, you do your dynamic stretching. And what does that do? It wakes your body up. So it wakes up the neuromuscular system. You still maintain that strength. And the reason why you want to be in the same order every time is because now your mind is occupied with staying in the present moment following the stretches, not in a superstitious way, but in a sequential order. So while I'm focusing on what stretching I'm going to do, and I have this all planned out ahead of time, it's all written down in one of our worksheets, one of our exercises. You want to do that. You're not thinking about the the magnitude of the competition. Oh, this is a big competition. This is a small one. Or who's watching me in the stands? Or what's my coach thinking about me? Or What's going to happen or what happens if my opponent does this? I'm not thinking about my opponent. I'm not thinking about the coaches, the, the uh, magnitude, the fans. I'm not thinking about any of this other garbage. All I'm thinking about is staying in the present moment and going through my stretches in sequential order. Not superstitiously, but in order. Sequential. And again, now we're, now we're focused on the right things. We're in the present moment, so mentally, and physically, our body's getting ready to compete. And you've got to know when you're going to do this. In every sport, the parameters are a little different, right? So in, in certain sports, you've got to know how you're going to plan what those 15 minutes are going to be. But you're going to need about 15 minutes. And you might even want to plan out a little further in advance, too. Because the more time that you have planned out, you're not going to be pulled in random directions. You don't leave it up to chance. If something happens, you're just right. You're right you know where you need to be physically, mentally, and emotionally. Okay? So... Dynamic stretching, number one. Number two, having some kind of element of fun. We call it an element of fun. Something to make you smile, something to make you laugh, and something to make you not take yourself so darn serious. I remember back in high school, I used to think you have to listen to Eminem or Tupac before you go out there and compete either like hard rock or, um, or, you know, You know, hard rap, whatever. Like, I used to think you have to get yourself real mad and fired up when you compete there. Even listening to Rocky, I'd listen to Eye the Tiger or Gonna Fly Now, those kind of things. The final countdown, and I would, Metallica, Ozzy, and I would tell myself, okay, I gotta get myself fired up. And I realized that's making me way too nervous, okay? I started listening in college. I switched it up once I learned more about mindset. And I said, let me listen to music that's gonna make me smile and laugh. So I'd start listening to disco. I'd start listening to Alvin and the Chipmunks. I would listen to Christmas songs or NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys. Songs that would make me just say, like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe I'm warming up or I'm doing my pre-match routine to this song. But it made me not take myself so serious. And you could look around. A lot of top athletes, they do something like this. OK, whether they're, they're when they're doing their pre-competition routine, maybe they do a somersault or some athletes they put on dance music and they break it down a little. They start dancing. Right. And even if it looks funny to people who are who might be watching you in the crowd, who cares what it looks like? OK, we're trying to accomplish a goal here. We're trying to we're trying to do something big. So we're going to be successful if, if we're calm, if we don't take ourselves so serious, if we don't take ourselves serious. And that's probably the most common thing, the biggest mistake most athletes make, or any performer, is they take themselves so serious. So you've got to pull it back. So you need to plan in some kind of element of fun. Maybe it's joking around with a friend or teammate. Make sure you know ahead of time who's the friend or the teammate that you're going to be joking around with or a coach, right? Um, what are you going to do? Do you need to get uh, three tennis balls and juggle before you know during your pre-competition routine? Are you doing dance moves? Are you going to do a somersault? Are you going to start clucking like a chicken on both sides? I get it. It might be a little bit ridiculous, but we literally work with all of our top athletes in this, and it helps them tremendously. We told one of our athletes the other day, he picked for his element of fun, he's going to make eye contact with someone in the crowd and make a funny face. And he said, that would be really ridiculous and he would laugh. And, and it's good because his, his problem was he's taking himself so serious. So he needs to actively do something to break that. Okay, how many athletes I speak to that... They, they, they're getting nervous before they compete. We tell them about having an element of fun, and they don't want to do it. They don't want to step outside of, your, of their comfort zone. And that's exactly what's going to help them perform at their highest level. We've seen it over and over. So you need to pick it out. What's going to be your element of fun? And at what point during your pre-competition routine are you going to do that element of fun? So plan it out. Build that in. So all of this gets written down on paper. Dynamic stretching. Your element of fun. Now you're going to go into some deep breathing. My recommendation, at least 20 deep breaths. And I want you to also think about, if you go back to Happy Gilmore, remember when, when he would say, go to your happy place, right? So it sounds funny, but that's what you got to do. What's your happy place? Maybe it's that you're at the beach or you're hanging out with friends or you picture yourself in a real comfortable chair or a very comfortable room. Whatever it is, think about it ahead of time. Have a relaxation image or this happy place, whatever it is, and think about that while you're taking the deep breaths. And the important thing there is it, it gets it helps you regain control of your energy. So before competitions, we see a lot of the same things. It's very predictable. Rapid heart rate, right? We get butterflies in our stomach, our stomach sometimes turning. We get a lot of racing thoughts. We feel real jittery. We're pacing around. We're just a lot of nervous energy. I see a lot of people on the days of competition, they just do a lot of walking and pacing around. They're wasting a ton of energy. That could be conserved for when they compete. So we don't want to be real jittery. So the simplest way to take control of our thoughts and our and our body, like our physiological uh, makings, what's going on inside our body, is to change the way that we're breathing. Not change the way that we're breathing, but take control of our breath. That's what I really mean. So about two minutes, it's about 20 deep breaths you're going to take in through your nose, out through your mouth. It's all done in your diaphragm. So when you breathe in... You don't see my shoulders move. Breathe out. You don't see the shoulders move. When pe- a lot of times when people breathe, they go, wrong breathing. It's got to be done in your diaphragm. So you're thinking about the air coming in, air going out. And the whole time, what am I thinking about? My happy place or my relaxation image. And again, it's important for multiple reasons. First of all, when I'm breathing, I start to calm down. Like, your heart rate will naturally slow down. It's a physiological reaction. You'll see after you're done with those deep breaths, your heart rate's going to have slowed down. When you get up, you're not going to feel as jittery. Okay, you've cleared your mind. You start you start to feel a lot more calm, much more centered, and much more in the present moment. Okay, they actually do this for, for Green Berets before they go into simulated fighting scenarios. Okay, so if they're doing this before combat scenarios, and it's helping them, it's going to help us before we compete in sports right? So taking those deep breaths, and also while I'm concentrating on my happy place, while I'm thinking about breathing in my diaphragm, what am I not thinking about? Winning or losing this competition? Who am I competing against? I don't want to look bad in front of the fans or my parents or the coach. I'm not thinking about team expectations. I'm not thinking about the score of the competition. I'm just in the present moment, and that's where you want to be, in the present moment. So 20 deep breaths. I used to put on um, one of the theme songs for the Karate Kid, and I, used to, and I used to picture like Mr. Miyagi, like taking deep breaths or meditating or whatever. And I would listen to the music in my headphones. That would be while I'm, while I'm doing the deep breathing, and i would breathing in through my nose, out through my mouth. And after that, I'd feel like a million bucks. I really felt great after doing those deep breathing, the, doing that deep breathing. And then number four is you have to do some kind of sports specific drill, okay? Something something that's related to your sport. So when you go out there, when you go out there to compete, that competition feels like a continuation of your pre-competition routine. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So in, in wrestling, before, going, before wrestling live in a match, a lot of times that we do before a match, we just kind of bounce around or jump rope. We don't have physical contact with another person. Now that's totally different than practice. In practice, normally you're practicing your moves, you're drilling your moves, you're practicing your techniques... And then the coach says, okay, now we're going to go live, which means a real, like a match, right? And then you wrestle live. So the live wrestling becomes a continuation of your drilling. Now in matches, it's very different. In matches, right before, there's a lot of bouncing around, no human contact, and then you go out there and compete. You're kind of cold, okay? So you got to do some kind of sport specific drill. If you were a field goal kicker in football, what would you be doing when you're on the sidelines? You know you're going to be coming up pretty soon to kick a field goal, extra point, okay? You're going to be practicing your kicks, out, you know, and on the side. So now when you go out there to kick, it becomes a continuation of practice. It's nothing new. Okay. A baseball player, before they get up at bat, what are they doing? They're taking practice swings. A pitcher is in the bullpen taking practice pitches, right? Now that's all got to be built in. If you're a pitcher, you got to know what you're telling yourself in the bullpen. You got to know how to conserve your energy. You need to know when to get your energy up. Okay. So making sure we plan this out. Every sport has slightly different parameters, but it's all the same thing. You need to know what you're telling yourself. If you're listening to music, what exact music are you listening to? Don't wait till the day of competition to determine that because music music has a powerful impact on our feelings and our emotions. You want to know exactly where you're going to be. You don't want to believe it's a chance or you don't want it to be something novel the day you compete. You want to know this is where you're going to be mentally, emotionally, and physically. So, number 4 is having some kind of sport-specific drill that you're doing right before you step out there to compete. So the competition feels like a continuation of that sports drill. In other words, you don't want to walk out there cold. Okay? So now all four of those are important. you got to make sure that you build that into your routine based on your sport. So write it out. We're strong proponents of this. All of our, our entire curriculum with Winning Mindset, it's writing it down. The worksheets, we build it out for you. So all you have to do is fill it in. Right? We try to take the guesswork out of it, and it's all built around your specific sport. We have all the programs built out around each individual sport. A couple other tips you could do. One, so those are the four key ingredients of a great pre-competition routine. So that's what you have to have. And here's a couple other good points that you could throw in here and there. Okay, chewing gum. Studies show that chewing gum um, reduces social anxiety. So if we're, we're nervous uh, being in front of people, which a lot of times people get stage fright, Right or you know they don't, How are they being perceived by their, the people in the stands, their family, their friends, their coaches, their teammates? Chewing gum has been shown to to um, eliminate not eliminate <laughs> um, to reduce social anxiety. Okay, so chew some gum. My recommendation: go with peppermint because studies show that peppermint helps you become more alert. Okay, so why not combine those two things together? Peppermint gum. Chew that before you compete. Make sure you spit it out before you go out there to compete. Okay, if that's something that could help. And then the other thing is. Make sure you stay warm during your pre-competition routine. In other words, I see a lot of athletes, they'll, they'll take off the long sleeve shirt way too early, or they'll, they'll, they'll strip down to whatever they're competing in way too early. So keep yourself warm. Keep on a, a hooded sweatshirt. Keep on to state. Keep your body warm. Okay, so we get ourselves all, here's the point. We get warmed up about an hour before we compete. Then sometimes you're standing around a lot. Maybe it, maybe a football player's on the sidelines, right? The, deep, the the offense is out there, so the defensive player is standing there. Keep yourself warm at that time. Whatever you have to do to stay warm. Wrestler sometimes they they, to, they wrestle in a singlet. They strip down to their singlet way too early. Okay, if you were a, a gymnast, wrestler, whatever whatever it is, keep keep on the long sleeve shirt almost up until you go out there to compete. So you keep your body nice and warm. You don't want to get warmed up and then cool down because then what was the point of the warm up? So, again, all sports are a little bit different. You you get what I'm talking about here. Don't don't um, <laughs> don't waste your warm up. If you're warm, keep your body warm for when you go out there to compete. That's what really getting out there. So now you have your pre-competition routine. Step two, you have to develop a shotgun routine. What does that mean? Okay, you're in the middle of the night. Someone breaks into your house. You got to fight. You have no time to go through a full pre-match routine. You got to be ready. Okay, so it's a similar kind of thing in sports. Every now and then, you get called upon to perform different parameters for different sports. You get called upon to perform, and you don't have a lot of time to go through a pre-competition routine. You might have a few minutes. You might have a few seconds. Based on your sport, you need to know what that looks like, and you need to find a way to squeeze those four elements, or at least most of them, or some combination of them, into either a minute or a few seconds right you might not know you might not know you're 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 going into hit that you're pinch hitting until you know very soon before right you you might not know you're at a tournament and all of a sudden you get called up to compete all of a sudden you're on deck or something like that and and you didn't know you were coming up and all of a sudden they called you up you got to be ready to go so you got to get yourself into the mode where you could just snap it on mentally emotion and emotionally you could whip up those emotions thoughts and behaviors very quickly so you don't wait till the competition comes. It's about having a plan. You plan it out ahead of time. What does your shotgun routine look like? How many athletes have complained they perform bad because they weren't expecting to perform? They weren't expecting to be, to be in the competition, but then they got called upon to compete. So what does your shotgun routine look like? Think of everything that we spoke about, and how would you build that into one minute or a few seconds or whatever the parameters are, of your sport could potentially be? Okay, so you have to have that plan for your for your, for your pre-competition routine and a shotgun routine. And then here's a critical point. You have to practice your pre-competition routine. I'll say it again. You need to practice your pre-competition routine, which means you, you after you write it out, your pre-competition routine, on your own, outside of competition, you need to practice physically going through exactly what you're going to do in that pre-competition routine. So build it out. Write it out as specific and detailed as possible. What song are you listening to? When? Or if you're not going to put down exactly what song, you better know the kind of feel that that music is going to give you. You don't want to be scattered. Like I might start off my pre-competition routine and say... Okay, it's going to be very calm in the beginning. So I might not pick out an exact song, but I know it's calm music. And then as I get ready to go, maybe I want, like, 80s music right before I go out there to compete, if that's what I know for me works well. Okay, so i got to know, right before I step out there, it's 80s music. When I first stand up to start moving around... Uh, in the beginning of the pre-competition routine, it might be something soothing and relaxing. During my deep breathing, it might be a different song. Maybe you don't have music in your in your comp, in your pre-competition routine. That's fine. But what are you telling yourself the whole time? So you're like Dr. Frankenstein, basically. You get to create a monster. What would you look like? Imagine you never competed before. Start from scratch. Don't think about repairing something. Think about design. Design the monster, or design the you know create the create the legend right here. So if what would you tell yourself if you could start from scratch? So I actually did this in, in college, and for the first time, I started wrestling a lot better in competitions than in practice. I would tell myself, and I built this into my pre-match routine. I would actually write it out. I love this sport. There's nowhere else in the world I'd rather be right now. Right? Other times, I'm, I'm bored. Maybe I'm sitting in class. Um, when, I'm, when I'm competing, when I'm warming up, I feel alive. I love this. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. I built that into my pre-match routine. Now, maybe that doesn't work for you. It worked for me. Build that in. And then while you're practicing that pre-competition routine, say those words to yourself. Go through the music you're going to be listening to. Take the, take the steps. Like I would actually practice in that pre-competition routine. You know, um, smiling, joking around. The Body language, it's got to be on point. You've got to do the same body language that you would have before you go out there to compete. And I'd pretend slapping my friends five, right? Smiling, nodding my head. Like, and getting my em- emotional energy level exactly where I wanted it to be. And I practiced it over and over once or twice a week throughout the year. That's literally how you want to do it. Just like you practice a technique very regularly, you need to practice your pre-competition routine throughout the year. And I'm telling you this, if you keep practicing it, the more reps you get of that pre-competition routine, the more solid it's going to be. And when you go out there to compete, it's going to feel exactly like you're back home or you're in your room. Wherever it is that you're practicing your pre-competition routine, it's going to feel like that. I remember when I was wrestling in college, I would actually practice it in the gym that we'd compete in. So I'd go through it sometimes. Most of the time it wasn't in the gym, but from time to time I had access to the gym that we would compete in after practice and I would go up there, go by where our team warmed up and I went through the whole thing. Starting with standing up, doing my dynamic stretching, listening to the music to the point where I would actually run out and pretend that I was you know, going out there to compete and, and ready to go. And I could tell you, I started feeling really good before I'd step out there to compete. And coaches sometimes would say to me, all right, you know, just like relax now or this when I'd be um, doing my pre-competition routine. And I would say, coach, I know exactly where I need to be. And I wasn't being like disrespectful or anything. It's not like not being coachable. It's I was I knew exactly where to get myself, where I needed to be. And it's because I practiced it. Now, here's the here's the problem, though. Well, not the problem. Here's the challenge. You could be practicing your pre-competition routine. You get it nice and solid and then you stop practicing it. What happens? just like lifting weights. If you don't lift weights for a week and a half, your your strength starts declining. Same thing with same thing with a skill, same thing with your mindset. Okay? It will decline if you don't practice it. It it really is use it or lose it. So, you got to practice that pre-competition routine. The very next year, I thought to myself, "You know, I have this down. I don't have to practice my pre-match routine. I know like I'm feeling great before my matches." And what happened? Then I'd go and I'd I'd start doing the pre-match routine when I competed, and I wasn't practicing it at home, and I started getting nervous again. I started overthinking. I didn't have that same self-mastery. That's what I'll call it. I didn't have the same self-mastery as I did the year before because I would practice it so consistently outside of competition that outside of competition, before I competed, I would feel just like I did outside of competition. But now I was only doing it before I competed, so now I didn't have that practice. I, didn't, I wasn't like rooted the way I was the year before. So the good thing about practicing your pre-competition routine outside of competition is you get to build a totally new feeling. You're not stressed at all. You know you're not going out there to compete. So you get to build the monster on your own. So write out the pre-competition routine. Create a shotgun routine. Don't look at it superstitiously. Practice it one or two times a week. And then do it out there when you compete. Guaranteed you're going to feel a lot better, but be as detailed and specific as possible, and you're going to see a huge difference. Like I said, make sure you're looking into all of our mindset material. We're constantly pumping out great information on our YouTube page, on our podcast. Make sure you get this book, building, Developing the Predator Mindset, some of the greatest lessons that we've that we've developed, and not only developed, but also have learned from scientific research and some of the best athletes in the world of all sports. Success Leaves Clues. It's not haphazard. You could look at Olympians, Super Bowl champions, World Series World Series champions, uh, Hall of Famers, Stanley Cup champions, and on and on. U.S. Open, Wimbledon, all the all different competitions, NCAA champions. They're saying the same things after they compete. The best people, the most successful people, think alike, and that's what we put together in this book, Building the Predator Mindset. Make sure you have a pre-competition routine. Again, we could talk about. Reducing nervousness. We can talk about building confidence all we want. But until you actually do the exercises, nothing's going to happen. And if you're one of the top athletes, you might need this even more because you're going to be in the most pressure situations. And even if you're a beginner athlete, this is how you ascend. This is how you get better. This is how you jump levels and on top of people that are more experienced than you. Remember this. The athlete who knows how to maximize their potential can and will eventually beat the athlete who doesn't know how to maximize what they have? So in sports, in school, and in life, mindset makes the difference. God bless you, we'll talk to you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.